Good morning, New Beginnings Christian Community Church family and friends. My name is Pastor Alfredo Peña, and we're excited that you are joining us this morning. You know, we've had a great time of praise and worship. We've celebrated communion, and now it's time that we gather and allow the Spirit to speak to us this morning through this message. The scripture reading for today is in the book of Matthew, chapter 13, verses 31 through 33, and then we're going to jump to 44 to 52. The title of my sermon is a question that Jesus asked. Have you understood all these things, Jesus asked. Let us pray. Most living and loving God, we thank you for this morning. We thank you for the blessing, God, of this new day. We thank you for the gift of life, God. And we ask, Holy One, that today we approach this day as such, as a gift, God, that you've given us and that we can also in turn be a gift to others. We ask, Holy One, that your word this, mess this morning just penetrate deep into our spirit into our hearts, God, in those places that only you can reach through your Holy Spirit. Stretch us this morning. Make us uncomfortable, Holy God. Grow us this morning. It is in your holy name that we pray. Amen. Let us go to the scripture this morning. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. He told them another parable. The kingdom of heaven is like a mustard seed, which a man took and planted in his field. Though it is the smallest of all seeds, yet when it grows, it is the largest of garden plants and becomes a tree so that the birds come and perch in its branches. He told them still another parable. The kingdom of heaven is like yeast that a woman took and mixed into about 60 pounds of flour until it worked all through the dough. The kingdom of heaven is like treasure hidden in a field. When a man found it, he hid it again and then in his joy went and sold all he had and bought that field. Again, the kingdom of heaven is like a merchant looking for fine pearls. When he found one of great value, he went away and sold everything he had and bought it. Once again, the kingdom of heaven is like a net that was let down into the lake and caught all kinds of fish. When it was full, the fishermen pulled it out up on the shore. They sat down and collected the good fish in baskets, but threw the bad away. This is how it would be at the end of the age. The angels will come and separate the wicked from the righteous and throw them into the blazing furnace where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Have you understood all these things? Jesus asked. Yes, they replied. He said to them, therefore, every teacher of the law who has become a disciple in the kingdom of heaven is like the owner of a house who brings out of his storeroom new treasures as well as old. This is the word of the Lord this morning. So we continue studying the parables in the book of Matthew. Matthew, in fact, has 23 parables. And today, we're going to look at five parables. Now, that is a challenge. I'll tell you, for a preacher, this is awesome, right? Because this is plenty of material. But it's also challenging because how do you do justice to five parables in one sermon? In fact, each one of these parables could be a sermon in and of itself. I mean, that could be a, a five-week series. And in fact, some of the sermons could even more than, I'm sorry, some of the parables can be even more than one sermon. So, so how do we do justice? You know, it can feel a little challenging. How do, you, how do you cram all this information into one sermon? So is it challenging? Yes. But I also think the timing is and so what we're going to, what I'm going to attempt to do this morning is to, to not go into a lot of detail uh, on each one of the parables, but, but just grasp the concept and actually pair them up um, by the general concept of the, of the parable and make the connection because I think this is really important. 
the timing is perfect. So here we are. <clears throat> we are at a crossroads. This pandemic has really changed our lives. It has changed our wealth, our, 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 our lifestyle. It has changed the way we, we do life. And it definitely has changed the way we did ministry. You know, we're not able to, to meet in in-person services anymore. So, so for churches, it has just changed our worlds upside down. And, and the one thing that we do know, that we are confident, is that we will get past this. We will be able to overcome this. And, and my prayer is that people start taking this seriously so that we can get to the business that we're supposed to be doing. However, this is where it becomes critical because we are at a crossroads. And I think that, that we as churches are facing two paths right before us. And, and many of us are tempted into just go back to the way it used to be. In fact, many of us are saying today, God, I just, I just want things to go back to normal. <clears throat> I just, I just want to go be able to go back to church. You know, I, <laughs> there was a, a pastor, I'm not going to mention names, and it's not me, but he um, posted on Facebook um, recently. He said, you know, I've gotten to the point where I miss everyone. I even miss the people I didn't like. <laughs> it wasn't me. But I think many of us just, just wanted to go back to normal. And we are so tempted to just, the moment that, that we feel it's safe enough to be able to, to go out and, and, and redo, um, you know, church again, that, that we just want to go back to the way it used to be. And then there are some of us, and I believe that is where we are at New Beginnings, and where we're saying, no, I don't think we're called to just go back to normal. I don't think we're called to go back and just do everything that we were doing before. Not that we were doing it wrong, but we have grown a lot in this process. You know, God has done an amazing job in not just tearing down walls, but even just push us out of our comfort zones. There has been people through this process that have actually found their calling. There, there are people that, that have actually finally stepped in into doing something when, when for a long time they, they just sat on pews or they didn't know what, what they were supposed to do. And now we're seeing you know this movement and we have had to get out of our comfort zones. We have had to think outside of the box and, and we have just gone through this incredible growth. <clears throat> And I think, why would we go through all of that just to go back to the limitations that we had before? So I think we are at a crossroads, and, and this is a time in where we kind of have to, to make some decisions, a critical point of decision, to go back to normal or to go in the new path that the Spirit might be leading us into. Again, you know, we, we want to know what it's supposed to look like, and I don't think... It is up to us to know with confidence what it's supposed to look like. But we are called to know with confidence that God is going to make a way. And so when I talk about the timing being perfect, it's because as we stand at this crossroads and we're about to make some important decisions, these parables are, are critical in, in our decision-making process. So today we're going to cover three uh, life application points. So what I've done is I've taken the five parables, I've grouped them together into three life application points.
things. Now, some of you might wonder, why do I always just use three life application points? Why not one application or why not seven? <laughs> and studies have shown us that um, we retain pretty much about three points. That, that when we listen to a sermon or, or any kind of presentation, um, three points is basically what we're able to capture easily and the rest kind of takes a little more effort. <clears throat> so, hey, if three is the most um, I, I can do, then I'm not going to do one. <laughs> but I also don't want to just throw a lot of information at you. I want the information that we throw out there, that we that we provide. I want it to, to have value for you. So, so that's why we stick to the three um, life application points. And we also, studies have shown us that we have a very short attention span. So um, we want to make sure that, that we just maximize the time that we have together. So the three life application points today are going to help us apply these parables to the path that we are in today. Get your pens and paper ready so you can take some notes. The first life application point is small things make a big impact. And when we look at the parable of the mustard seed and we look at the parable of the yeast, these are two small things. The seed is, is one of the smallest seeds. And the yeast, we, you know, as you look at the, the stories, it doesn't take very much for it to permeate the, the, the many pounds of flour that, that um, it was used in. And so what does that mean to us? If we look at the mustard seed, we know that it, it reference to exponential growth. That it is okay to start small. Because as we stand at the crossroads and we look at, you know, we're going to have to do some things differently and maybe go on this other path. And we are just so used to doing it this way. And we're so comfortable doing it this way. And some could say we've even mastered it. And now we're having to go this new route. And, and, and Jesus is saying, yes, I need you to go on this route. I don't need you to be comfortable. I need you to, to go out and, and, and be fruitful. And so, so it can be overwhelming because we want to think of, of, of big ways to do things. And here we are reminded that it can start small. In fact, it's probably best that we start small and not be afraid to start small. Because just like the mustard seed, it will grow and it will multiply. And when, when you study the way the mustard seed works, you know, it, it, it takes about 10 days after you plant one seed for it to start germinating and start growing. But then it also continues to grow bigger than, than most herbs out there. In fact, in that time, they knew that if you were going to plant mustard seeds, you didn't do it in the garden. You did it in the fields because it was going to grow. And as it grows into these bushes, it creates more seeds. And when they fall to the ground, then it continues to grow. And so you can see fields full of these huge bushes of mustard uh, bushes. And in fact, they can grow up to 10 feet. And then so we're reminded today that, you know, all we have to do is get started. All we have to do is not get overwhelmed, but it's okay to go for and uh, start with the small things. <clears throat> you know, we just finished a study in, in our church called The Forgotten God, and it's a study of the Holy Spirit. And on Wednesday, we, we, uh, we concluded the study. And, and in my um, teaching, I said, we come to the end of this study, but we're really at the beginning of our assignment. 
And so again, the timing, I think, is perfect. Here we are. We just finished studying about the Holy Spirit and how we are called to be a supernatural church. We are called to be the unstoppable church. And so, so the question is, are we going to let COVID-19 stop us? The answer is no. So, so it can be a little overwhelming to say, well, how do we do this? It's not that we're starting over, church. It's not. It's that now we're having to go on this path that Jesus is calling us to do, that the Holy Spirit is leading us to do. And so, so if we can sit there and get overwhelmed, it is, it is a good reminder that it is, it is okay to start small. In fact, it is encouraged. In fact, today's uh, parable reminds us that being, starting small is okay. And the reason that I, I emphasize that is because that is not the culture that we live in today. Today, we want to, to you know, we hear sayings like, go big or go home. Right? Have you heard that? And so, so we don't like to start small. It, it's, it's beneath us. It's, it's, you know, we want the bigger things. You know, we want the bigger challenge, you know. Um, and so, so this is a reminder to us to step back. And as we look at the path that we are in, to recognize that it is okay. It is okay to start with the small things. We are faithful in the small things, Scripture tells us. And see, the thing is that we can, we can cultivate, we can plant, we can water, we can fertilize, but the growth, the growth is up to God. And so it starts off with, with one invitation. It starts off with one witnessing. It starts off with one step at a time. It starts off with one decision to be obedient. And then God will take care of the rest. And for the problem is that we want it to be done. We want it to, to be complete. We want it to be fast. You know, um, it's funny because when we watch the, the Home and Garden TV show, um, and, and they're doing the yard crashers, I think it is, and, and they can take a, a backyard that is, is empty, and then they can transform it, and they can bring these big mature trees and plant them and all of a sudden from one day to the next from from an empty field to this paradise and, and you know what that's what we want and and today we are reminded that that's not the way it works it will get there but it starts off with the small things it starts off with the commitment and then it talks about the yeast and how a little bit of yeast will permeate all the dough. And that speaks to the exponential transformation. See, again, just like we can't, we have to allow the, God to do the growing, we have to allow the Holy Spirit to do the transforming. And so, so what I like about this scripture is that, you know, the woman knits the yeast into the dough and then just lets it. In fact, that's how you do it today. When you add the yeast and you let it, you leave it alone, and then you let it rise all on its own. You know, the, the, the cool thing is that we don't get to see how it works, but we get to see how it rises. And he's saying, that's the way the kingdom of God is. Don't be afraid to go small. You know, this whole Christianity started with one person, Jesus. And then it grew to 12 apostles. And now is at a place where it's transformed the world. And, and maybe you and I don't get to see how, how the Spirit works in everybody's life, but what we do know is we're able to see us as, as churches, us as Christians rise. 
And it is an amazing reminder to us that that transformation is important and, dare I say, is expected. So the question for us this morning is, are we being transformed? You know, the mustard seed will only grow when it's planted. The yeast will only permeate the dough when it's knitted in there. So the question for us today is, are we allowing that transformation and that growth to happen? And if not, then the question should be, why not? What is keeping us from that? And maybe it's life application point number two. When we see the parable of the, uh, of the treasure and of the pearl, the one thing that we see here is that when they saw the value, then all of a sudden, everything else didn't matter. They were willing to give everything up. They were leaving to leave everything behind. They were willing to sell everything just so that they could keep that one thing of value. <clears throat> and the, the second life application point is we must be all in. When we understand the value, when we understand what we're being called for, when we understand what it means when we talk about growing the kingdom, it's about lives, it's about people, it's about people that need to hear the good news. And when we understand the value, and when we also understand the willingness of God to use us as instruments to be able to do that, then, then let me tell you something. At that point, yes, we understand there will be a cost. And yes, we understand that it will involve sacrifice. But we also understand that it's worth it. My God, how, how can I explain this better? And then I thought about this. Some people are not going to be able to relate. But, but those of us that are married, I, I think this is a great example. Because until we meet that person that God sends in our life, that, that person that just changes our entire world, that person that just drives us crazy, that person that we just can't stop thinking about, that person that, that we just don't see our lives without them, when, we, um, when God sends that person into our lives and we understand the value, when we fall madly in love with them, then we are willing to, to change our lives. We are willing to leave things behind. In fact, we don't want to, to be out there you know, playing the field because we found the one person that, that we want to grow with, that we want to get to know better, that we want to be able to you know, start life together. And, and everything, every sacrifice and every decision that is made and everything that is left behind is worth it. And that is the way it is when it comes to the kingdom of God. Are we all in church? Because we cannot have one foot in and one foot out. We cannot, you know, subscribe to this whole idea of I am spiritual but not religious. You know what that means for the most part is they're saying I want I want all of it but I don't want the work. I want all of it. I want to go to God. I want to pray to God, but I don't want any responsibilities that come with the whole Christianity thing. I want to, I want all of it. I want the miracles. I want the the prosperity. I want all these things. But don't hold me accountable to stuff. I want to just live my life as well. And you cannot have it both ways. You just cannot. So the question this morning is, all you, are you all in? 
God, this is important. Because he was all in for you. And he, Jesus, was all in for me. It cost him every ounce of his blood. And aren't you glad that he was all in for you and all in for me? Then what is keeping us from being all in for what he is calling us to do? This is not the time, as we stand on the crossroads, this is not the time to do it the way we used to do. This is not the time for part-time church. This is not the time for part-time Christianity. This is not the time for part-time witnessing. This is not the time for part-time evangelism. This is a time where you and I have gone through this exponential growth, have gone through this exponential transformation for such a time as this. And it's not so that we can hold back, but so that we can be all in. Are you all in this morning? Ah, that's such an important question because I don't think we're going to see the fruit that we want to see. I don't think we're going to see the harvest that, that, that he's called us to, to go out and, and, and produce if we are not all in, church. Are you all in this morning? Ah, that's an important question. And here's life application point number three. We must cast our nets wide. See, as we're starting over again and, and, and we're not afraid of the small things, you know, I'm reminded uh, of when Mother Teresa was asked, you know, she, she made a huge impact in this world. And she was asked, how do you feed so many people? How do you feed thousands of people? And she says, you start by feeding one. And as we as we stand there and we we renew our commitments to to just be all in to not hold back anymore, you know I love one of my friends um, who was a pastor and I heard him say this. Um, Will Horn he said one time as he was preaching, you know I sometimes am accused of being too intense. And and yes I am because when I get to the other side of heaven I want to get there empty. And it is time that we go all in and it is time that we use every bit of our gifts every bit of our talents every bit of our energy every bit of our passion to do what god has called us to do and that means that we've got to cast our nets wide this application point reminds us of the one last week about the weeds and the wheat remember when, when our nature is to want to pull out the weeds because, you know, we, we don't want it to destroy the wheat. And in the parable, Jesus is basically saying, you leave them alone. Your job is not to pull out weeds. Your job is to plant the seeds. Because you're in the pulling out of the weeds, you might also pull out some wheat. And I don't want not even one to get lost. And the same concept is for this particular parable about the casting the nets wide. That means that we don't get to see what we are drawing in. We just cast our nets out and, and then we start pulling in and we start pulling in and we don't get to stop halfway and see what we're bringing in and determine whether we should start taking it out. Jesus is saying, no, that is not your job. Your job is to cast the nets wide and you pull them in and then I will take care of the sorting out later. Listen, you don't, don't miss this. It is not our job to discriminate 
with the gospel. It is not our job to determine who gets it and who doesn't. It is not our job to regulate grace. Our job is to just be generous in, in our witnessing, is to be generous in, in sharing the good news. It is to be generous in, in, in how we minister to people. And then we should let God sort it all out later. So are we casting our nets wide? Let's be honest. We want good, healthy fish. In fact, there are, you know, I don't, I don't fish, but, but there are some people that go out specifically to fish for a certain fish. And, and if, if that's not the fish that they were looking for, then they'll just throw it back in. And, and so we want just some specific fish. We, we want big fish. We want fish that are edible. We want fish that are healthy. And, and here we are reminded that you don't get to make that decision. You just get to cast the net out. We as a church are, are just called to go out and share the love and share the good news and be generous about it. And then just let God, just let God sort it out later. You and I are not capable of seeing their hearts, but we should know that everyone, everyone, everyone has value. In fact, everyone has the same value. Are we discriminating with the gospel? In a church planting um, workshop that I attended, one of the things that they said was, study your zip codes in your cities. There are some zip codes that you want to maybe put your, grow your churches in. That, that, you know, the church needs, you know, wealthy people. You know, the church needs money. So, so you know, maybe you need to be strategic in where you want to plant your churches. And I remember sitting there thinking, no, I don't think that's the way it should work. Our job is to be generous, not discriminate. And then, you know, God, God will be faithful to our effort and God will reward our work. And maybe it's not going to be with cathedral type churches and buildings, but maybe, but it will be with transformed lives. And isn't that what we want? So are we being generous or are we discriminating? You know, this reminds me of a story and it, it, it's probably going to be a little silly. And I just pray that you're able to understand what I'm trying to say. But here, here it is. I was um, making a sidewalk at our house and, and I was working on, you know, and, and I put out some, some stones and, and I also wanted to put some smaller um, pebbles around it. And as I was talking to somebody, a member of our church who I knew worked at a place where, where they, they had these pebbles, and I was <clears throat> asking her about it, and she said, you know what, if you're looking for the small pebbles, there's plenty uh, in the, the area where she works. And so she goes, just come by, and, and you can, you know, take some from there. So, you know, I went in my truck, and I took my shovel, and I got there, and, and, and she showed me where it was, so I backed my truck up. And when I looked at the pebble, I have to admit, it didn't look like... I had pictured it in my mind. See, when I looked at my sidewalk, I, I imagined these, these pebbles to look a certain way, 
And when I'm looking at the options, it doesn't look like my vision. It doesn't look like my plan. So she says, you know, I'll be back. And so I know I start going through it. This is the true story. I start going through the pebbles and I start pulling some of the ones that looked, looked nicer, that looked better. And a few minutes later, she comes back and, and she looks at, at my progress or lack thereof. And she says, is something wrong, Pastor? And I said, well, I'm, I'm looking for a specific pebble. And, and so I'm you know, kind of taking my time. And she says, no, 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 don't, don't do that. You know, they're all the same. I'm looking at the same. Um, no, they're not. And she says, no, you know, don't, it'll take you a long time here. And she gets some help. And so they come with the shovels and they just start shoveling. They just start shoveling into the back of my truck. And, and, and I'm standing there thinking, oh, but, but I don't, this, that's, I don't, that's not what I want. But I started shoveling as well. She says, when you get home, rinse them off and you're going to see. I get home. I don't even unload my truck. In the back of my truck, I go get the water hose and I start rinsing them off. And let me tell you something. Wow. Once I started rinsing them off and, and the dirt started rinsing off, they all looked the same. And let me tell you something, that just ministered to me. Because all I could see was the dirty ones. All I could see was that it was not the ideal ones that I wanted. I could not see past the dirt and past the mud. But when I started rinsing them, and I started seeing that they were exactly the same as the ones that I thought were clean. And I realized the only difference that that is us. See, we, we as Christians, we're not better. We don't have more value. The only difference between us and, and someone who hasn't come to Christ is that we have been rinsed by the blood of Christ. But we're all the same. And then the churches, we cannot make that mistake that say, oh no, that one doesn't look clean enough. Oh no, that one doesn't look like the vision that we have that God has put in my heart. No, you are just supposed to cast the nets wide. And, and I'm telling you, that just ministered to me. And I thought, wow, what if everyone in the church got their shovel and just started shoveling the way that we were doing on that day. Just be generous. It doesn't matter that maybe there were some things on there that, that were not part of the, uh, the plan. That were, it was not part of the stones that we wanted to use. You know what? We will sort those things out later. But, but it is not our job to try to determine which ones are clean and which ones are not. Our job is to catch the fish, not clean them. Our job is not to discriminate. Our job is not to regulate grace. Our job is to cast the nets wide. Are you casting the nets wide? Are you willing to start with the small things? Are you willing to be all in? And if you're not willing to be all in, you need to ask yourself why. What is keeping me from being all in? What am I afraid of? And are we casting our nets wide? Oh, church, we have a lot of work to do. There's one thing that 
we have seen out there is that there is much healing that needs that is so desperately needed and maybe what you and i see right now is something that is not pretty maybe what you and i see right now is something that is just not what we had envisioned but let me tell you something that is not up to us we're all the same we all have the same value the only difference is that you and i we have been rinsed with the blood of christ and we have been closed with his with his love and with his grace and with his righteousness don't waste that don't waste that you know one way in which i believe we grow in our faith is when we when we ask the questions is even when we have the doubts and 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 when doubts can can be that catalyst to make us pray more and, and study more and, and search more then then i think that is when growth really happens when you get to the place in where you know because you know because you know because you know and one of the questions I can honestly um, tell you that I asked was, as we started out in our ministry, is what if, what if I'm wrong? What if this is not where I'm supposed to go? You know, I had a dream and I had a plan in my professional life. And, and here I am willing to walk away from that to go and, and do the call, answer the calling that I had in my life. And what if? What if this is not the way it's supposed to be? <laughs> but then I thought about the fruit of the Spirit. And I realized that, that if I surrender my life to Christ, and if I allow Him through His Holy Spirit to, to not just grow me, but to transform me and to, to lead me into the path, the divine path that He has for me, that, that if I submerge myself in, 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 in his word, in, in his presence, then scripture tells us that we will, we will bear the fruit of the Spirit. And it says, but the fruit of the Spirit in Galatians 5.22 is love, joy, peace, forbearance, kindness, goodness, and faithfulness and that's when I realized you know my life as it was at the time was not necessarily producing this fruit and it just wasn't working out and when I look at the fruit of the Spirit and realize that you know what if I do this, and then I will have love in my life. You know what? I'll take that. If, if saying yes to Christ means that I will have joy in my life that is not going to be able to be stolen by situations or circumstances, then I want that. If it means that I'm going to have peace in my life, and be able to, to you know, not be distracted by the noise and, and not lose sleep over things that I have no control over, but to be able to have peace that surpasses all understanding, peace that even in the midst of the storm, we can say, I'm at peace. I know it's going to be okay. I know we'll get past this. I want this. 
forbearance. I want it. Kindness. I want it. Goodness. I need it. Faithfulness. God, I can't see my life without it. So what's holding you back? What's keeping you from making that decision? What's keeping you from taking that step? Today's word is an important one. And I'm going to conclude with the same question as the title of my sermon and the same question that Jesus asked his disciples. Have you understood all these things? Jesus asked. Yes, they replied. My question to you this morning is, have you understood all these things? And what is your answer? This is the word of the Lord this morning. Thanks be to God. Let us pray. Well, Father God, we just thank you this morning. We thank you for such a beautiful message, for such a loving message, God, to, to remind us, God, that, that you are in control. And that even if in the situation that we are in right now, it looks difficult, it looks challenging, it is for such a time as this, God, that you have called us to take our place, that, that, that we're going to be able to use everything, God, that is every experience, every, every disappointment, every challenge in our lives, God, to be able to grow from this and to be able to overcome this, God. And so we thank you for the little things today, God, that are going to, to help us in our anxieties, God, as we get overwhelmed, God, by looking at the uncertainties out there. And, and today we thank you for the reminder that it starts with one step. It starts with one decision. It starts with one day at a time. And we thank you for that. And Father God, today we just ask that you that you remove all those things, God, and that you, you give us the strength and the willingness, God, to let go of those things that are keeping us from being all in. We thank you that you were all in for us. And now, God, we ask for the strength and the courage so that we can be all in for the things that you have called us to do. Because it is about lives. And we thank you today because you think that we are, we are, you, you are willing to use us, God, as your vessels. And so today, God, we, we, we commit to being all in and all those things that are distracting us and all those things that are keeping us today, God, we surrender them to you. And we make the decision that we start today. And Father God, Help us be able to be generous when it comes to the gospel. Help us to be generous when it comes to the good news. Help us, God, to have your eyes so that we can see, God, the value that is out there and stop looking at people based on their, their failures. Stop looking at people based on their addiction. Stop looking at people based on the, 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 the damage that they have in their hearts. To stop looking at people based on the, the heart shell that they've had to, to, um, have because of the way life has has just um, dealt with them. God, help us be able to see beyond all that. Only through the power of the Holy Spirit are we going to be able to see beyond all those things and be able to see the value and understand, God, that, that we are not different. That the only difference is that we have been redeemed. That we have been closed by your righteousness, God. 
Help us, God, not discriminate. Help us not regulate grace, but help us be generous. And today, God, we answer your question, have you understood all these things? And today, God, we pray that our yes be yes. And it is in Jesus' name that we claim all this. Amen. Church, I want to thank you for joining us this morning. It is our prayer, as it is every Sunday, that this uh, service was a blessing to you. We invite you to visit our website, nb-ccc.org. Let us know how you are doing. Get some additional information about our church. It's also an opportunity for you to give your love offerings and your tithes. We are so excited that you have journeyed with us through this time together. We invite you to our Bible study on Wednesday. We invite you to our Spanish service on, at 9 o'clock in the morning. And then we invite you for the children's services right after this service. God bless you and let your yes be yes. In Jesus' name.